0: In my last episode, which is the last episode of 2018, I put together a compilation of golden nuggets in my year-in-review episode. So make sure you go and check that out. That's going to be at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash season 2 dash episode 43. Welcome to Let's Talk Supply Chain. My name is Sarah Barnes Humphrey, and each week I bring you the top supply chain professionals In the industry, you will learn about best practices, new innovation, and most up-to-date information about supply chain. I believe that collaboration is the future of business, and I have designed this show to ensure you have all the information you need to succeed in business and in your supply chain. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain and 2019. I want to wish you all a happy new year and may all your resolutions happen for at least the first month. What a better way to start the new year than with one of my Women in Supply Chain series and this one is part four. I don't have a listener's question this week, but that will start up again in the next episode. So stay tuned for that and make sure to follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram so that you can engage in the conversations. So I have partnered for this episode and a few more to come in 2019. I have partnered again with Hulft. They want to support women in supply chain. And here is why they are supporting a woman in supply chain episode. The supply chain industry is growing dynamically and yet women still only fill 15% of top level supply chain positions. HALF believes that gender equality and diversity is critical of an inclusive workforce and they're committed to making a difference where they can. A little bit about HALF. HALF provides a single global platform that allows IT to find, secure, transform, and move information at scale. HALF's seasoned data logistics consultants uncover hidden pain points, automate tedious manual operations, and streamline data flow worldwide. For 25 years, Hulft has helped more than 10,000 customers automate, orchestrate, and accelerate their global data logistics, making it easier on IT and putting data to work for the enterprise. Learn more at HulftInc.com. That's H-U-L-F-T-I-N-C.com. Plus, I also had them on the show late last year, so go and check out their episode. So today, Christy from Initial Logistics is here with a unique story of growing up in the family business and eventually taking over. It is a journey to success close to my heart as for a while I followed a similar path and Christy's is full of challenge, risk and massive growth. Christy, a lifelong Pittsburgh native, she is second-generation logistics executive. As president, Christy has been the driving force behind her company's yearly growth and reputation as one of the top service providers within the IMC community, along with its certification as a woman's business enterprise and woman-owned small business. Christy's recent honors include receiving the Businesswoman First Award Award from the Pittsburgh Business Times, the inaugural Distinguished Women in Logistics Award from Women in Trucking, and the Enterprising Women of the Year Awards by Enterprising Women Magazine. She is actively involved with organizations such as I-A-N-A-T-I-A, the Pittsburgh Traffic Club, and has been a mentor to other women entrepreneurs via the Pittsburgh Business Times Mentoring Monday events. She is also involved with the Positive Athlete Program as an annual scholarship sponsor. So welcome to the show, Christy. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure being here. Awesome. Well, your story is one of family and business, which don't always mix, but I am so excited that you agreed to be on the show because I think that it's really important um, to showcase women from different backgrounds, different journeys. So why don't we start talking about your journey? You know, how did you get started and what made you want to run the family business?
1: So, I had got started in the business when I was 19 years old. Um, My dad had offered me a position to come work for him. At the time, he was an agent for another company um, that is currently a competitor um, of Knish Logistics, and there was only um, four employees at the time. Um, I was actually working two jobs managing pizza shops. I actually wanted to buy one of them, and that's when my dad convinced me that that probably wasn't the best path to go. And if I worked with him, there would be more opportunities for me to make a lot more money. Um, So again, I was 19, started working for him. Um, By the time I would say I was about 23, um, my brother, my sister were working for my dad as well. My dad knew at some point he was going to retire. So he wanted to have a legacy to leave to his kids. He didn't know what that company was going to do with his business and what that meant for the future of us. So we opened conditional logistics in 2003 and I had started from the bottom up. I was an intermodal dispatcher. Um, all we did was intermodal business, but as we hired on more staff and salespeople, we had to open up truck brokerage, um, and LTL have some more services, um, into where our business grew and being a smaller company, I kind of had to do a little bit of everything. Um, You know, my dad actually ended up having a triple bypass within a month of us opening the company. So at that point, I kind of felt like I really had to um, take things over, take charge because nobody else kind of was. Um, So I was doing HR and payroll, intermodal. I dabbled in pricing Um, throughout the years. I also went into finance and claims, Um, you know, every aspect of our business, LTL and truck brokerage. I had worked into and have done that throughout um, the years as we had grown. And when 2007 came around, that's when my dad decided that of all his children, I was the best fit in his opinion to actually run the business. So I didn't necessarily ask to run the business or think that that's what was really going to happen. But my dad did choose me to actually run the business and I was a hard worker. I worked, you know, 80 hours a week, Saturdays, Sundays. My dad always taught me, you got to do what you got to do to get the job done. So, you know, I, that's just what I did. You know, I, I learned everything. Um, I went on sales calls with him, um, you know, and eventually I just continued to move up um, in the business. And in um, 2009, that's when my dad, you know, decided to start kind of a, uh, getting into his retirement age. And that's when he started actually gifting us pieces of the business. And um, now to this date, I'm actually the majority owner of the business. And we are a woman owned certified business. Um, And my brother actually still currently works here. Um, My sister no longer does work here. Um, But one question I do get a lot of is, my brother's a little bit older than me. And we have almost about the same amount of time, I would say in the business, um, and they always ask, you know, why, the, you know, do you run the business and not your brother? Um, you know, and it, and it was always because, like I said, my dad, I think, saw, you know, how active I was and I was willing to learn everything and do whatever I needed to do um, to get the job done. So, you know, my journey just came with a lot of, you know, experiencing all the different areas and just continuing to move up as we continue, you know, to grow. I love
0: that story. And you and I have somewhat similar backgrounds, although with different outcomes. Um, but I love the, you know, the authenticity and the fact that you are willing to talk about that journey because regardless of the decisions that were made and regardless of what that journey looked like, it couldn't have been an easy decision for your father. And it was obviously, you know, something, you know, um, in your family that wasn't you know, probably an easy transition either. Um, so I like the fact that you explained it and how the decision was made and um, all of that. So that, that was really great. So what were some of the challenges that came with growing up in a
1: family business? I mean, I think one of the first challenges um, specifically was really, I think, you know, proving to my father that I could do the job, even though he chose me to do the job being in a male dominated business, um, you know, pushing myself and, you know, proving to the family that I could do it as well. Um, you know, and another challenge too, is, you know, sometimes family is not always on the same page in the business. Um, they're always looking at it differently. You know, like my brother had a different opinion or my sister, vice versa. Um, you know, one of the challenges too, is the fact that my sister actually, she wanted to run the company. Um, You know, so that kind of was a challenge that we had to work through. And we still, to this day, um, still have kind of, you know, some issues because of that. Um, So that was probably, you know, from the family side of challenges. The other challenge would be, I would say, the growth of the business itself. Um, You know, I had some college experience. I actually quit college when I started working for my dad. And, um, you know, because I was putting in 70, 80 hours a week. And then how do you deal with the growth of the company um, you know, reaching out to peers and looking up information. How do you do certain things? You know, my dad helped some, um, but I don't think any of us realized, you know, how do you really handle these things? Um, you know, so I, I do think that those are, are two of the challenges that we had to deal with. And then just, you know, again, going back to the family dynamics, um, you know, eventually my sister decided to go on her own way and she left the business about six years ago. Um, and we had to restructure our finance group because she was the head of that division. Um, and then on top of it, you know, th- the good thing was with my brother, my brother was fine with what he was doing. He wasn't trying to, you know, be at the top or, or, you know, fight that situation, you know, with me as well. I think he he was totally okay with what he was doing and letting me make those decisions. Um, but a big challenge too was also my dad. I mean, I love my dad to death. He gave me a great opportunity, but him kind of going into retirement, um, you know, he had 30 some years experience and there's certain decisions that I needed to make. I felt good for the business that he didn't agree with always, um, or spending money on technology or certain things. And he wasn't always in the day-to-day stuff anymore. Um, so that was a huge challenge, um, you know, for me. And I think my dad pushed me to the limit um, because I think he knew he could, but, you know, eventually it's like I had to stand my ground with my dad and tell him, you know, these decisions are because of the business, um, you know, so that we can grow. Because again, I don't think he or anybody understood, you know, what we really needed to do to grow the business. And when I came up with those ideas and working with other people here, you know, it was always tough getting those um, okay by my father. So, so that definitely was a, it was a huge challenge.
0: Absolutely, but I, and you talk about you know proving your worth, yes. but I think at the same time you also wanted it. Yes, absolutely. Yep. And that is, you know, that's really something important to throw that throw out there as well, because it's one thing to prove it, but it's also another to really want it. You know, well, to really show that passion and stand up to your family. Like a lot of people don't understand how much more difficult that can be in a scenario than if you're not related.
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, I will say, you know, the challenge for me too, um, you know, my dad was, you know, he had a military background. He was a cop. Um, you know, he was kind of, you know, um, that person when he speaks, you listen to him and, You know, it was hard to stand up to him. He was my dad. And it's like they couldn't separate business and family. And it did get to a point where, I mean, I did stand up to him one day and just said, look, like, I'm not trying to fight you for, you know, for no reason. I'm trying to fight you because we need to do things for the business that makes sense. Um, And unfortunately, it has caused rifts within our family um, because of it. And, you know, it's not something that I ever expected would happen. Because as a family, you know, you want to help each other. You know, my dad's trying to do something nice for his children. But at the same point, because we had different ideas or ways to do things, um, you know, it's like you chose me to run the company, but sometimes it wasn't like I was really running it because he still had the okay decisions. um, And it made it difficult for me to do that. So I continued to have to just prove to him again, you know, that I could do it into myself because I wasn't confident. Um, in myself at all. Um, You know, I'm a lot more confident now, 22 years later, but, um, you know, it took a lot of time and effort to get there.
0: Thank you. You know, thank you for being um, authentic and really showing to us, you know, what you went through and how those conversations, I mean, in a family, everybody's different. There's so many different dynamics. and When you throw business in there, it just gets that much more complicated. And for anybody that's Working in a family business, I think it's very important for them to understand sort of what's going on for that family and how they're working for the business and how they're working for the employees as well. Absolutely. Um, And I think, I think also, you know, for other women, for other people in this industry working in a family business, I think it's also important that we talk about it as well, because I feel that being in a family business, sometimes it's very isolating. Yes. Um, and we need to support each other um, and help each other grow um, and make sure that, you know, we're we're all learning from each other and and, you know, doing that support, like I said before. So knowing that you took over the family business, what would you like people to know about you?
1: Um, you know, I think the first thing it, I would say is I definitely doubted myself more often than I should have. Um, you know, I think a lot of that was due to my young age and being a woman in a male dominated industry. Um, you know, I would and still always try to make sure that both my family and my employees are happy with the way the company is being run. Um You know, because at the same time, we're in a very competitive industry, you know, and it always seems to be fluid. And I I want to be able to have something that potentially, you know, we could pass on to the next generation, or, you know, at some point we might have to, you know, sell the the business. But, you know, I feel the pressure to please everyone, but need to stand my ground and use my past experiences, I would say, to guide me. Um, I'm a people pleaser. And, you know, my people here, we have a great culture and I can tell you they love me. I have um, average 10 years, like 14 years for my people here. I do a lot for them. And, um, you know, and I think the fact that I actually have worked in every aspect of the company, I get more respect because of that, because I do understand what they're going through. So I make sure when there's times that are tough that I do tell my people, you know, I appreciate what you're doing. I know what you're going through. I've been there. I've done it and I'm here, you know, besides you being your cheerleader. Um, You know, so I think that's one of the things. And, um, you know, another thing too is, you know, public speaking has been a huge, huge fear of mine. Um, And because of my position in the company, I have been asked to do many panels and public speaking and things of those natures. And I've actually had to push myself out of my comfort zone once again to continue to work on that and, and do that because now I'm, I'm considered the face of the company, um, out there talking about it. So.
0: Yeah. And it's funny that you bring it up because I have spoken about this on past episodes that, uh, you know, it's, it's absolutely something that I fear as well. But I think the fact that we are, you know, taking the bull by the horns, getting out there and just doing it, um, you know, just shows to other people in the community that you can do it. You can get over your fears. And I think that, you know, I, I believe that public speaking is, um, a, a fear for a lot of people. Um, I feel that it is a, a fear mostly for women though. Yeah. Um, and it comes from some of that self doubt that we do go through, um, in our journey, um, from where we come from to where we, where we're going. And so, sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, too, because part of it, I mean, being in a male-dominated industry, when I do go to the railroad events, even to this day, there's 60 to 100 people in a room, and I am the only woman customer in that room. There might be a couple men in that room or women, you know, from the railroad, but, you know, that alone having to speak up or recently, you know, a a local company asked me to come speak to their staff because they're a family business and most of the staff was all men. And then you sit there and think, oh, these men, you know, what are they going to think of me? They're, you know, they probably don't even want to hear me. And, but then I'm thinking, well, look at what I've, I've accomplished. And now because I've done it so much, it's kind of like you gain that confidence from continuing to do it and push yourself.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, you know, it just proves that other people want to learn from you because of what you've accomplished in the family business as well, and especially in this industry. So what was the transition like for you? Um, You talked a little bit about, you know, the conversations that you had, you know, how you had to stand your ground, things like that. But how, what, you know, the transition is not only about you. It's not not only about your father, but it also affects the employees within the business as well. So what was that transi- transition like for all of you?
1: Um, I would say, you know, the transition for me, it kind of felt natural because to be quite honest, even in my jobs prior to 19, I mean, I managed other businesses. I always kind of took the lead, but it definitely increased the pressure on me to make sure that things were done right and keep the business growing. That we have people here. That if I make the wrong decision um, or whatnot, um, we might have to lay off people or whatnot. So the pressure definitely was on. Um, But I think that it was pretty hard for my dad because he spent the bulk of his life, you know, cultivating the relationships in the industry. He had put so much into conditional logistics when he started it. Um, You know, it is his namesake after all. Um, You know, it was hard for him. I think to be fully retired at first because he's been, you know, he's been doing well, but. He just, you know, it was hard, I think, to let go. Um, I think he he trusted me. Um, He had confidence in me and sometimes maybe didn't always show it at times. But, um, you know, he always had advice, you know, that he wanted to give me. um, And a lot of times I took it and a lot of times I didn't take it. So, I mean, I would say probably the last, you know, maybe five years, and he's been probably out of it for 12 years now, Um, is really when he kind of completely stepped out of it. And, you know, we still consult here and there, but I think it was very difficult for him to let go. Um, As far as my employees, you know, um, I assume that, you know, that most of them, they're happy in how I've been running the company. Um, You know, like I had mentioned earlier, we've had some employees that have been here, you know, 14 years. One's been here 21 years initially when we first started prior to initial Logistics. Um, and that kind of tells me that I think, um, you know, they are very happy with it. They know I, you know, run things, you know, very well. And I try to put them first with everything that we do. We try to include them in things, um, answer, uh, you know, in um, decision making, you know, give me your opinions and your thoughts. And we talk about numbers to them. So I think by including them, you know, I think they were very happy with the way things went because my dad did things differently. Um, not that they were wrong or anything like that. Um, but I, I had a very open door policy. Um, I try very hard to treat everyone like their family. They truly are family to me. Um, and it's very important for me to retain that company culture and continue, you know, it, as we grow.
0: Absolutely. And I love that because I think that it's truly important in a family business to be able to include everybody and to be as transparent as you can be um, so that everybody can grow together and that they know what's going on in the business and they feel included as well. So you've, you've also spoken about um, the growth of the company. And when you and I originally connected, you talked about the massive growth uh, that you have had since you took over. so I want you to tell us a little bit about that massive growth that you've that you've had, but also how you've managed it as well.
1: Sure. Um, you know so when we started in 2003, our first year, um, you know we had already you know had business prior to that um, that we had switched over from that agency. Um, so it was between two to three million you know which you know at that time I thought was wow, that's a lot of business. Um, you know, but once we hired on salespeople and we got more opportunities and I mean, we just grew rapidly by 2016, you know, we had finally hit just under 50 million, um, which was a huge milestone for us. Um, it took us a few years. We were always dangling right under that 50 million mark. Um, this year, 2018, we're probably going to finish at 72 million, um, so literally, we grew about twenty million just this year alone, um, and our next major goal to achieve is hundred million. That's that's the goal I've set a long time ago. Um, part of the massive growth um, came from us, I think, adding our additional services other than the intermodal, so the LTL and the um, truck brokerage. But in two thousand fifteen, we actually purchased the Blue Grace Logistics franchise. And that actually allowed us to triple our LTL business um, because we didn't have a lot of LTL business. We had a lot of opportunities, but we didn't have um, the pricing that we needed to get, to get those business. So the Blue Grace really, really helped us grow that as well. Um, you know, and I think the other thing, um, you know, as far as the um, growth, you know, we're managing it very well. I mean, the people that I have here in management, Um, they, same thing, they kind of, they started in a role and they moved into different roles and now they're in management. Um, you know, the guy that has runs my company now, he's been here 14 years and he started in pricing and he ran the intermodal group and now he's running the company. And, you know, I think the key is the fact that we communicate very well about what we need to do, um, and sit down and have those conversations, whether it's about technology, um, or whatever it might be. Um, but the key thing that we are working on achieving is becoming more efficient with the great people that we currently have. And part of that is also investing in new technology. And part of it is also making sure that our teams have what they need to work smarter instead of harder. Um, and again, it's taking all the, you know, we ask for opinions, what do you guys think? How, how's this going to work? And, you know, we've tried a lot of things that don't work. And then we just keep trying different things until we feel that it works. Um, so we just have a team that works so well together and they've been here from the beginning, per se. And I think that has really helped um, helped us.
0: Absolutely. And I think that you might have um, left something out. I believe that you just recently won an award. This episode won't be aired until the new year, but um, we're actually recording this in December and you just recently won an award. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, We just won um, the top 50 companies um, in transportation for women to work for, um, which is, you know, a huge award for us because I believe there's over 200 companies that applied over 7,000 votes. Um, you know, and I think the fact that, again, um, that I have worked in every aspect of our business and the fact that I'm a mom um, and we have a lot of women that work here um, that are young and are having kids, um, we're very flexible with schedules. They can bring kids in. Um, we have dogs here, Um there's a lot of things I feel that you know we do to make it more easier for them, um, whether it's working from home. Um, certain things like that that I think makes us that top company for women to work for because sometimes that is a challenge. There's a lot of, of moms that have to work and you know you have sick kids at home and things that you need to get done. And we understand that and we, we give them that flexibility that they need so that they know they can still work, have a job, but also get their home stuff done as well.
0: Absolutely. And congratulations on that award. That is huge and something that I definitely wanted to mention um, for my listeners and my community. So I actually, that's a good segue into one of the questions I have for you. So is there such a thing as a work-life balance? And what does that mean to you as a woman, entrepreneur, a woman who's running a business, a big business, a woman who's also a mother and plays so many different roles in your life?
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, it's hard to kind of, I mean, answer that question, I guess. I mean, I, you know, I've always worked nonstop. I put a ton of hours in because, you know, I wanted to and I had to. Um, But I think as I got older and I, um, you know, I have a family now as well, you know, I'm realizing that I need to take breaks and I can now just because I do have more, you know, management and people in place to take some things off my plate. you know, I do make a point to take my family, myself on, you know, if I go on a business trip, I'll take them with me and we'll stay extra time so that we can actually enjoy some time together. I mean, and I do separate trips other than just business family trips as well. Um, I do take time to go to, you know, one of the favorite things that I do is concerts and Pittsburgh Steeler games. Um, I typically don't miss a game. Um, very rare. And we go to some away games as well. But um, but I'm always available, though, if there's a critical issue to attend to. Um, and I do try to unplug, especially now more than ever. Um, you know, I do think there is somewhat of a work life balance, but running a company that, you know, that, you know, the work aspect takes up more time than life sometimes. Um, you know, and I think one of the challenges is, you know, even with my husband, you know, it's like, the company's number one and the family's number one. And it's making sure that you're there for family first. And the company sometimes, you know, has things that needs to get done, but I do have people I can put it on if I need to. Um, you know, family is always first, but it, it's hard sometimes to balance that. Um, but, you know, I think I do a pretty good job of it. Um But, you know, it's definitely tough at times. And, you know, now that I'm older, like I said, I think I have to try to take a little bit more time if I can, um, especially with the growth of the company. And, you know, my son's going to be eight years old next year. And I didn't want to be that mom that wasn't there. Um, You know, so it it is a challenge with a lot of the travel. Now that he's in school, you know, I can only take him out of school a couple of times a year to go on some trips as well. Um, you know, so that has changed now too, where I have cut back on some of my trips and don't stay as long if I can't take my family on the trip. So, right. And I think
0: it's, I think it's about being aware and the fact that it's a journey and not a destination. Yes. I absolutely. think that people get caught up in the fact that the work-life balance needs to sort of be that destination, right? You, Everybody needs to get it right. But I think that, um, we need to remember that it is, part of the journey and what works today might need to be readjusted in the future so that, you know, it works for everybody as well. Absolutely. So you talked, you spoke about, you know, being the only woman or one of the only women at conferences in the room as a customer, that kind of thing. So just quickly before we get into sort of your future and what that looks like, how do you deal with sometimes being the only woman in the room?
1: Um, You know, I can tell you back when I first started when I was young, it was very difficult for me to overcome. Um, You know, it's, I would say one thing that made it a little bit easier is some of the the guys that were in the room were guys that worked with my dad. And they knew my dad and they knew I was his daughter. So that made it a little bit easier. But, you know, these people, you know, had been in the business a long time. And here I am, a young 20-year-old um you know trying to discuss the same issues and problems with them um you know so it was tough for me for many years but then you know once again i just told myself you know what i just need to push myself i need to ask questions i need to go up to these guys and talk to them and show them that you know i'm still here cuz sometimes i would get remarks from some of them you know like how is little kenichi doing and you know i don't think that they thought that we would ever be you know, where we're at today. Um, so I would say now, um, probably in the last maybe, I don't know, eight years or so, I've gained a lot more respect, I think, from those men that are in the room. And there's a lot more younger men coming into it now. So it's definitely making it a, a lot easier, um, you know, than than what it was. Um, you know, so I think the other thing, too, is Doing things like, you know, being active in the women in trucking, which is a great organization that empowers women in transportation. Um, And now, frankly, there are more women than ever before um, that are coming into certain situations. Um, You know, again, like I told you before, with the railroad meetings, um, you know, I still am the only woman in the room other than if there's a woman from the railroad themselves. Um, But you know, I think I've definitely gained that respect and it's a lot easier for me. Um, You know, I put myself out there. I've done the, you know, Pittsburgh Business Times mentoring women as well because I want women to feel that, you know, you don't have to kind of go through what I did and be quiet and that person standing in the corner that doesn't say anything, you know? Um, Yeah,
0: and I, I think that's hugely important as well. You know, not only because I think women... Because you, you weren't just the only woman in the room. You were also a younger woman in the room, absolutely. right? So, yeah,
1: absolutely. And I yeah, still am. So,
0: yeah. And so I think, you know, sometimes for us women, there's also an additional hurdle, whatever that might be. Um, it's not just about being the woman in the room. It's about overcoming some of those. Challenges like the age, you know, yeah. Well, um, and some of the biases and things like that that come along with it.
1: Well, and if I can add to that a little bit too, I would say, um, you know, even running this business, you know, my sales force, um, I do have one woman, but they're men, and they're all older than me. And you know, even when I've had to fire some in the past, you know, I've gotten that. Well, you're you're too young. You don't know what you're talking about. Um, that type of stuff. And I think sometimes it's still, you know, hard because you have a guy that has more experience than me, but yet I'm their boss. Um, But I think part of it is making them feel like, you know, I'm not better than you. You're not better than me. Let's work together. Um, You know, and just trusting my experience and knowing that, you know, I've earned my way here. I wasn't giving this, you know, just given it to me because of, you know, my dad and who I am, you know, I worked hard to get to where I'm at and I want to work with people and not, you know, put that out there as if, you know, even though I'm younger and I'm a woman and, you know, this guy might be older than me that I'm better than you because of this, you know, I really let them kind of give me, tell me what your experiences are. I don't know everything, you know, and I think that has helped me as well with a lot of the guys that I've had to, you know, talk with, um, in that arena, but yeah, the age thing, it is huge. Um, even to this day people, you know, cause I, they always say I look super young. Um, you know, so it is definitely a challenge. Um, but it's a lot better now that I've been doing it for 22 years.
0: Yeah and just letting everybody know you're human as well. Yeah. You know I love the I love the fact that you are looking at them for their experiences and their knowledge and it's not necessarily that you're going to agree with them or they're going to agree with you. Yeah. But just just to show that you're human. And, you know, we're all on the same level. We're all trying to get through this journey. We're all need to work together to make it work for everybody. And and, uh, I think that's a really, really great mindset to have. So before we wind this down, why don't you tell me what's next? You know, what's next for Christy?
1: You know, I think, um, you know, the biggest thing is I want to keep growing conditional logistics. Um, You know, I never thought when I was young, that this business would be what it is today, let alone, um, you know, maybe potentially, you know, my goal is to hit 100 million. And we're knocking on the door of that. And it just blows me away that that's, you know, what we're doing. So I want to hit that goal. Um, You know, three years ago, we also became a woman owned small business certified, and woman owned certified, um, So I am the majority owner um, of this business and that's been opening up some potential new avenues for us to explore as well. Um, It hasn't been easy, but um, that's something that I really want to focus on and make a presence there as well. Um, You know, it's been an interesting year in transportation and each new year brings a different kind of market to work with. Um, And I think one thing is, you know, being able to stay, um, you know, be nimble and flexible with the changes, um, so that we can continue to compete and keep, you know, you know, being in business and being out there. Um, you know, and I'm going to continue to meet new people and I'm going to continue to push my boundaries, you know, out of my comfort zone and hopefully get more life out of my work life balance, you know, basically, um, you know, I want to be able to spend more time with my family and do more things with my family. And if the business does well, then I'll be able to continue to do that. Um, You know, one of the biggest things I always say too is, you know, I love being able to employ people. And, um, you know, if we continue to grow and be able to do that to me, I love helping people. And I just think that's, you know, to me, that makes me happy to be able to provide that in my community and then give back, which we do give a lot back to our community as well. So.
0: Wow. that That's amazing. And again, congratulations. You know, thank you for coming on the show, but for anyone working for a family business or a family member in a family run business, it takes heart, courage, risk, a voice and so much more to gain success together, and I hope you are just as inspired as I am by Christy's story. So, for more information about Christy, the company, and how to connect, please visit letstalksupplychain.com forward slash season two dash episode forty four. Thank you, Christy, for your contributions to the industry and for coming on and telling
1: your story. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. First, a word from our
0: sponsor, Border Buddy.
1: More and more companies are looking to expand their reach into global markets, but most don't know where to start or don't have the time to figure it out. BorderBuddy sees the struggle and has created a way for you to integrate customs into your
0: e-commerce shopping cart, like Shopify, Magento, eBay, and others,
1: allowing you ease and peace of mind when selling to customers in North America. Your customers will know exactly how much the costs are to import their order from your door to theirs in real time. We're the first API-based custom solution. Just imagine what that will do for your business and your sales. Visit us and sign up for 10% off your first clearance at borderbuddy.com forward slash Let's Talk Supply Chain.
0: The Woman in Supply Chain series is resonating with everyone from students to other women in the industry to leaders looking for inspiration. We have started a movement and are creating change in the supply chain. Remember to check out the other 13 episodes under podcasts at letstalksupplychain.com so you can tune in and learn more from the other women in this series. Next week, Timothy Dooner of Consulting Logistics is here. And we're talking about the demise of fax machines in 2019, technology and their initiatives, day zero one, and conferences that are coming up in the or coming up this year so stay tuned for that one you're not going to want to miss it uh, Tim hosts consulting logistics podcast I've been on his show and uh, it's a really really good one if you'd like to support the show there's a few ways that you can do that remember I'm working on this platform and if you go to ships com, fill in your information you will be one of the first to know once we are ready to launch and secondly rate and review the show please go to i. Take a moment to rate and review. I would definitely, definitely appreciate it. It means that others can find the show. We can grow. We can grow our community and learn from each other. Thirdly, I have a supply chain dictionary that I sell on the website full. It's 107 pages full of acronyms, definitions. If you're just getting in the industry, if you need some of it for your team, please go and check it out under shop at letstalksupplychain.com. And lastly, follow us. Follow us on my LinkedIn page, uh, on Twitter, that's Let's Talk S Chain, and on Instagram. Every Wednesday, I post a supply chain question, and the conversations are amazing. So you're not going to want to miss out on that one. Uh, so make sure that you follow us. Thank you to each and every one of you for listening to the show. I wish you nothing but the best in 2019. And remember, everybody,
1: shift happens.